At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network The nightcap here on Vsin alongside former Tulane great, soon to be Greater New Orleans Hall of Famer Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Do you get a jacket for that? Oh, uh, I'm not sure on some of the details. A, I know you get a plaque inside the Superdome. And it's still like what four weeks out. I'm I'm, I'm slow. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really changed my focus yet. Get in on it. Gotta get prepared, mentally prepared. Three weeks from Saturday. All right. Um, a lot we've discussed a lot here on uh, on the NFL. It's time to kind of get back to the Baker Mayfield trade today, and uh, no better person to bring in than friend of the program. Does great work at Pro Football Focus, the PFF Forecast Podcast. It is Eric Eager under PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. Eric, initial blush of this move for the Carolina Panthers to bring in Baker Mayfield into that room, give up very little compensation, don't have to pay him all that much, less than $5 million. So your initial reactions you know, to the move and what does this mean, in your opinion, to their over-under for the season and, and you know, game by game, so to speak? Yeah, I think you know, when you look at that team, you know, Sam Darnold after about week six, did not have one game with a yards per pass attempt of over six yards. So, I mean, they were just putrid at that quarterback position after the first few games of the year. And, and so I think he had something. I think it's about, you know, I, I handicap it about a win and a half. I had some underexposure on Carolina that I quickly bought off of because of this move. Um, you know, you look at their defense, they they have, you know, they, they got C.J. Henderson from, uh, Jacksonville to go along with J.C. Horn. And, you know, they, they have some good players on that team. Brian Burns is a, a really good defensive end. And, you know, offensive line, they're going to struggle a little bit. But they have McCaffrey. They have D.J. Moore, who's one of the best wide receivers in all of football. Um, you know, th- this isn't a team without talent. And this is an NFC that is a really rough conference as far as, uh, you know, top-end teams. And this is a division where... You know, Atlanta and New Orleans, I don't think, are these juggernauts that Carolina can't compete with. 
You know, it's interesting for me, Eric, when you look at Baker's passing yards per game, and of course, to put context on this, there are different variables, you know, that can kind of increase your passing yardage average or decrease it. Yet when you look at his attempts, they're relatively similar. But his passing yardage has gone down every year, 266 and 18, down to 239 and 19, down to 222 and 20, down to 215 last year. So from his rookie year to his fourth year, he dropped 50 yards per game in passing yardage with the decline incurring every season. Is that the league getting more familiar with Baker? How do you explain that on the metric side? Well, I think a lot of it is the evolution of of how they're playing, right? So in 2018, they were not a particularly great team. Um, so he was throwing like you know a lot from behind. He was also his most efficient. So as a rookie, Baker Mayfield averaged 7.7 yards per pass attempt. That's his career high. That's a really good number in the NFL. Um, the last three years, if you count playoffs, he's averaged exactly 7.2 yards per attempt every single year. Um, you know, the 2019 team, that was just not a great team. The 2020 team, though, you know, they ran the football a lot. They were a run first team. They also had those three games. I think all sports betters will remember the one against Houston, the one against Philly, and the one against Las Vegas, where they were not throwing the ball because of weather conditions. They had three straight home games where the totals were in the 30s because uh, of weather. So I think that contributed. And then last year, he, he had, you know, 140 fewer dropbacks in the previous season or so. Uh, so that contributed to it. Still 7.2 yards per attempt. The big one to me that I think is tricky is Baker Mayfield took a sack on 29% of his pressure dropbacks last year. That was That's nine percentage points higher than the league average, and that's the most that Baker's ever taken by 9%. I think that shoulder injury really hurt him as far as you know just being comfortable in, in doing some of the things that he's normally comfortable doing. Um, but you know, I, I think there's something there with Baker if he's healthy. The the issue that I think people who are going to extrapolate to Carolina are going to have a hard time with is Iki Aquanu comes in. That's pretty good. Moten's a good tackle. But that offensive line is nowhere near as good as it was with Cleveland. Um, you know, can they protect Baker and keep him from getting injured? Because it's clear that when he's hit a lot, uh, that, that quarterback play goes down. Eric Eager here from Pro Football Focus talking Baker Mayfield to Carolina. Talk me through – this statistic in four years, Baker's thrown 56 interceptions. That's 14 a year. Carson Wentz has thrown 57 interceptions in five, yet, which is 11 a year. Yet, if you ask the average fan who's more turnover prone, Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield, the majority probably would say Carson Wentz. Baker's interceptions are, are they unlocked? Is it bad reads? Is it lack of arm talent trying to fit the ball into spots that he's not talented enough to fit them into? Give me an evaluation of that interception total. Because when I look at him, he has to cut down on turning the football over. Yeah, yeah so we have something called turnover-worthy plays. And basically, like 60, 66% of all balls that are thrown into coverage are intercepted. So turnover-worthy plays, turning interceptions. Baker had 20 last season. That was the second most in his career. Wentz had 18. But to your point, like Wentz had seven interceptions. In fact, Wentz has played six years in the NFL. Four of those years, he's thrown exactly seven interceptions. So he has like this weird thing where 2020, he threw a lot of interceptions and a lot of fumbles and a lot of that stuff. And people anchor on that. But he's far more better at taking care of the ball 
that I think people realize on average. Baker has the most interceptions, I believe, in the NFL since he joined the league. And I think some of that is, when you look at his average depth of target, it's always above nine yards. Um, so he's throwing the ball further downfield than a lot of quarterbacks. So he does take more risks. Um, he's got to cut down on that because he's not a good enough quarterback. Um, you know, for example, Matt Stafford last year led the league in interceptions tied with uh, Trevor Lawrence, but he he gives you that downfield stuff, right? So you're willing to to risk a little bit because you're going to get some benefit. Baker, especially when he's at his worst, is just simply not as good uh, of a downfield thrower to make up for the fact that he's putting the ball in harm's way too much. Uh, one last question. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Since 2019, I think he's had 158 carries total. Explain to me his injuries. Was it overuse early in his career? Has he just been unlucky? Would you trust in Christian McCaffrey playing 17 games next year? And if he doesn't, does Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, anyone have any shot to help Carolina be successful? Yeah, I, I, well, I think it's mostly unluck. You know, I think running backs, I mean, it just sucks the way that the position is, right? Because, you know, these guys, Dalvin Cook gets paid and then he gets banged up. You know, McCaffrey gets paid. You know, Barkley gets taken second overall and he's mostly been injured. You know, Derrick Henry even gets paid and then he breaks his foot. And like, it's just a hard position to stay healthy in. I don't think he's any more injury prone than per touch than the next guy, but he gets a lot of touches. I mean, he had the year where he was a thousand thousand guy that's going to take wear and tear off your body. Um, if he play, if he doesn't play a lot, this team's going to struggle um, because I just, you know, I like for quarterbacks having that outlet pass. I don't like the running back pass being an integral part of your offense, but I like it being a thing that you can go to when things break down. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, when Mayfield that Kareem Hunt was out a lot, uh, a lot last year, there's a reason why, you know, in 20, 2020, 17% of his pressure dropbacks turned into sacks. Last year was 29. When you don't have that outlet player, that, that, that those pressured plays can turn into three or four-yard gains, dumping the ball to a running back. They turn into sacks when you don't have that option. So they need that option there available to uh, – Chubba Hubbard was pretty good last year uh, as a fill-in, but you need, that, you need that McCaffrey guy, especially given how much you're paying him. Talk once again to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. So – it is now Baker Mayfield in Carolina, and of course, the scheduling gods work in our favor because what do we get week one? Cleveland at Carolina, and uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, from all signs, seems like he will win that job. It's not a foregone conclusion, but I think all three of us would agree that Baker will likely win that job, uh, and you get it week one, and the line has now moved, you know, quite considerably, uh, moved about a point and a half or two, depending on where you looked uh, today. Let's all assume that Jacoby Brissett is starting that game. I guess there's still an outside chance that Deshaun Watson doesn't get suspended, Eric. But when you look at these rosters, you look at home field, and then you look at the quarterbacks, which will be Brissett versus Baker, would there be a play on either side here uh, for week one of Carolina hosting the Cleveland Browns now at the line down to one? Yeah, so it's and it's in Carolina. If I'm mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yep, it's in Carolina. You know, you, you have Brissett. You know, Brissett's a good backup quarterback in the NFL. I think uh, Stefanski's a good coach, uh, similar to Frank Reich, in my opinion. Frank Reich was able to get Brissett, you know, basically to 500 or so in 2019. Um, that's a great roster in Cleveland. Um, 
I think at minus one, you probably still have to lay it with Cleveland. Um, you know, when I was on your show this afternoon in DC, I was like, well, if you can still get two and a half and tease it up to eight and a half, you might want Carolina there just because their defense is so good. And that total is going to be low. Um, but I think at minus one, it, to me, I'm laying off that game, but, uh, but I would say Cleveland just at, on the strength of that roster alone, uh, it's probably worth, worth, uh, you know, laying that point, if anything, yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of people moving parts being put into that team. Yeah, Eric, if the total's anything over 14, just take the under. I mean, Miles Garrett may <laughs> break the 14. sack record. <laughs> Opening day, Icky, brand new, welcome, true rookie. Welcome to the league, Icky. Baker, who he's been having a grudge against for, for years in Cleveland, man, Miles Garrett may get six sacks. Friend of the program, Eric <laughs> Eager, is kind enough. He will join Great us on stuff. the other side. We need to talk some restore the roar, Eric Eager. We'll talk a little NFC North on the other side. It's the nightcap here on This is the Nightcap on VSIN. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Our good friend Eric Eager, kind enough to hang out for two segments. Uh, Eric, we're doing uh, what we call summer conditioning. Who are you texting right now? We are back on the air. Settle down, Grasshopper. Settle down. goodness gracious. Settle down. I mean, I know Eric. Hey, he was teamwork on, make the dream work, man. I'm working for all of us. He was Just on vacation down. for a little bit. My God. All right, Eric. We were doing. Uh, we were talking about the Bears today. They're over under sitting at six and a half. I, I feel. I feel like it's a bit of a sucker bet. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm looking at the talent on their roster, and I'm saying, okay. I know everybody's on the under. How does this team get to seven wins? Uh, new coaching regime. What is your analysis on this Bears team, and do you see an avenue for the Chicago Bears to get to seven wins this year and uh, surpass their win total? 
<laughs> He's shaking his no. head. <laughs> no. I mean, like we agree. <laughs> you know, the, the the Carolina discussion, by the way, all goes away if they just would have drafted Justin Fields, right? Instead of J.C. Horn, who's a fine player or whatever. But like, my goodness, you know that. You know, Fields kind of has no shot. I think the Ryan Poles. You know, when you look at, you know, he was. He interviewed for the Giants job, he interviewed for the Vikings job, and then he interviewed for the Bears job. Reportedly, he was the fine, the best candidate for both the Vikings job and the Bears job. And you look at the contrast between what ownership is allowing the Vikings to do versus what he, they're allowing Poles to do in Chicago. It's very clear why he picked the Chicago job. Um, you know, he is basically tearing down this roster and building it from the studs. And... You know, in Minnesota, they're they're going back in with cousins and you know a lot of veterans and stuff, which I think you know is is short of a rebuild. Um, Poles is doing that, and I think that this is going to be a lost season as as a result. Like I, you know, I think I think the world of Fields. Um, I I hope that he has a successful career. I hope Chicago you know puts an asterisk next to the season because they're not giving him a ton of help, and nor do they. You know, next year they're number one in cap space, right? Like this is a very deliberate. 2022 is a losing season. 2023 is when this thing really begins. And so I would bet accordingly. You know, I agree with you 100%, Eric. I just wish they would say it publicly. Because Justin's in an impossible situation. And I told Tim this last year. I hated that the Bears selected him because Matt Nagy was trying to save his job. I.e. why he went out and got Andy Dalton, who he thought could get him to a borderline playoff berth and save his job. Now, Justin has to learn a new offense. Outside of the Texans, that's probably the only team that has a worse roster, in my opinion, from 1-53 to 53 to the Bears. Atlanta still has some guys. Now, one of them might be betting on the app right now. He's not available, but they have Kyle Pitts. <laughs> you know, they, they have some other components. Who among it, us isn't, though? Who, who, who of us will, 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 will uh, d- uh, judge Calvin Ridley? Really? I mean, he did have. Right. Put it, I mean, if he was doing straight bets, I'd be all for it. Right. I mean, on, eighteen parlays. Eight, eight, but he's parlays. not listening to your show. Like, you know, he's a he's an amateur at this. Like, if he listens to Beeson, maybe a Facts. couple weeks, then he's then he's Facts. he's because we because we hot his we hot his fish grease on the nightcap. I'm gonna go ahead and pat us on well, the back. I mean, uh, I will say if this he though. Tried to bet the Reds. To win when the I look division, at this roster, know. the only Pro Bowl caliber player I see is Robert Quinn. Now, granted, I think David Montgomery is a good running back. I think Darnell Mooney has a chance to become a good wide receiver. But based on what they've done, it's Robert Quinn and then nothing. So I just hope the fan base doesn't judge Justin Fields based off of this year. That's why I wish the organization would come out publicly and say we're in complete rebuild. Yeah, I, and and you know Robert Quinn also. There's there's reports that he wants out, and I think that of that's course. natural. For a player of his caliber. His homeboy, too. Khalil Mack, is texting him every day, man. It's Gucci out here in California, dog. You should come yeah. visit. I mean, he would make a good chief. I'll just say that. Um, so, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was thinking about replacing JPP in Tampa, but I get, I get, I get what you're saying, Eric. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Montgomery's a good back, but, unfortunately, I think they're wasting his best years. Uh, Mooney was a 1,000-yard player last year. That helps. They got rid of Robinson. You know, Byron Pringle, speaking of Chiefs, is like their number two receiver, which you don't want to ever be in that position. So I agree with you. The offensive line, they had Tevin Jenkins get hurt last year. 
Um, you know, it, they were already a patchwork group. So yeah, they the eval on Justin Fields. I mean, you're basically, you know, taking this year and saying whatever positives come from this year, you, and that that might be their thing. They didn't draft him, so they're saying, you know, instead of mortgaging the future to give him the best, you know, scenario, like for example, what the you know the Jets are putting players around Zach Wilson, the the Jaguars, the Jaguars have one of the worst cap situations next year because they're putting all the players around uh, Lawrence this year. Um, you know, instead of muddying the evaluation which giving with giving him talent, weirdly, they're basically saying, look, if we can give you no talent and you're still amazing, you are a quarterback, right? And, and so that's kind of, I think, the way they're approaching it. Um, you know, there are people in this league uh, that I you know talked to before the 2021 draft that weren't that high on fields. And there are people who I know that are cl- close to polls who are in that camp. So, you know, there it could just be one of those things where they're not that high on them, but they'll give them a shot, but they're not going to mortgage the future to give them the best shot. And, and it sort of is this awkward situation in Chicago. We're talking once again to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. I want to stay in this division. Uh, yesterday we, we, we did our breakdown of the Vikings. Sean wasn't here, uh, but I, I think he's similar of my mindset. Their win, set, their win total's at nine. They're about even. It's about a, a pick them if they'll make the playoffs you know, I know you're from that area, so you keep a close eye on it. Uh, if people follow you on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. You're uh, a little bit critical of their quarterback uh, play at time to time. Um, when you look at the Vikings heading into this year, um, the offensive line uh, you would think is is slightly better. Irv Smith Jr. comes back, and then they went defense. You know, early on in this draft with uh, Lewis Seen out of Georgia, Andrew Booth. Uh, out of Clemson early in the second round. Uh, what's your analysis of this Vikings team? A win total of nine, you know, to make the playoffs around, you know, you know, a pick them and around, you know, three to one or so to win that division. Yeah, I, I make the number 9.1. I make them 51% to make the playoffs. So I'm like, I'm like right with the market. Usually uh, I'm somebody who's a little bit lower on them relative to the market. And I'll bet they're under. This year I'm fairly you know, on market with them. I did see a stray nine and a half. So out of, you know, principle, I did take the under there. Um, But, you know, for me, it's, you know, Kevin O'Connell, to me, the bet to make with the Vikings is Kevin O'Connell 20 to one to win coach of the year. Um, You look at the statistics, they've gotten a lot out of Cousins. I mean, Jefferson has gotten the most receiving yards in league history in the first two years of any player in league history. Like he's, they're not going to be able to squeeze a lot of juice out of that orange. If they go 11 and six, let's say, they're going to, you know, a lot of the credit is going to go to O'Connell. So that's the long shot bet to make with this team. I don't think they can win in the playoffs with Cousins. I, I, the division is is fine, but you're not getting a good number there, in my opinion. To me, the, the long shot bet, the long shot to play is 20 to 1 uh, with O'Connell, the one coach of the year. I, I agree. We said it last night. And, and Sean, I know you want to jump in here, but if they win the division, it's plus 275. I agree with Eric. If they win the division, I think there's a really, really good chance Kevin O'Connell wins coach of the year. I mean, other things can happen, obviously, but, you know, 20 to 1, I think that's, I think that's a bit correlated. Yeah, I agree. I think if they stay healthy on defense, they got a chance to win the whole NFC. They're, I mean, you can make an argument that they have the best wide receiver three some in the league. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. I mean, that's pretty darn good, man. And a lot of the guys are lining up with the third guy. A lot of guys have two. But KG, Chicago. KG Osborne will be the best receiver <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, real quickly, you, uh, you, you, you're you all in on your, your Lions there. Six and a half over under. 
Uh, minus 120, so juice to the over, uh, I saw at one spot. I mean, you might be able to find some, you know, shop around with the juice. We got a minute. Give us your pitch on hashtag restore the roar. I mean, the lion, I mean, Sean, the, Sean wasn't even into his career the last time the lot, like the (laughs) salary cap didn't exist the last time the lions won their division. So like, this is a long time coming. Look, three first-round picks on the O-line, a first-round pick in Hawkinson, Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, you know, DJ Chark. Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback. Um, the defense, you have some talent in Okuda. You have some talent in Hutchinson. Amani Awarwaria had six interceptions last year. Uh, Dan Campbell, that team played hard for Dan Campbell. No team in the NFL scored more points last year when their win probability was 1% or less than the Detroit Lions. This is a team that plays hard, and they finally have the talent, I think, to capitalize uh, on the coaching of Dan Campbell, uh, who I think of as kind of a younger Mike Tomlin, younger uh, Vrabel-type coach who can really inspire a team to play harder than their talent level. And that talent level on that team, the fourth easiest schedule in football as well, is, is considered. He is Eric Eager. He's our guy, at PFF underscore Eric. Thanks, E. Thanks for having me on, guys. There he is. Eric this is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN. Thanks again to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Uh, I want to get to the Vikings since you weren't here yesterday. Just get your thoughts real quickly uh, on the Vikings. But. Got some, got some sweats going on. Not that we have any of these games. And this is why, Sean. I took first five. took first five yep. with the Arizona Diamondbacks because the San Francisco Giants have taken the lead in the top of the ninth inning in Arizona. And I'm mad at myself because I almost bet the, the Giants you did. prior to the game. And it, it started at like 640 Pacific instead of 710. So I went to, I was like looking on the app. I'm like, what, what happened? And sure enough. You could have really made some money in this game. Took Arizona first five and then the Giants run line. We had combined our minds. But it yeah. won both. I ain't been with the Giants not yet. They, I mean, they're struggling right now. Two and eight in the last ten. I think they lost five in a row. They were due, baby. But again, like you can bet bad teams in Major League Baseball, but it's tough to bet them for the entire game. A lot of Reds tonight. The Reds played eight great innings, and then one of their bad relievers came in in the ninth and allowed the Mets to tie it up. And they put another bad reliever in in the 10th, and all of a sudden it was 8-3 Mets. Yeah, because the Reds are a bad baseball team. They have good young pitchers. Okay. They're bad. They have in good enough hitting. They have an all-time worst bullpen. They do, which Whatever. makes them a bad team. Yeah, well, yeah, they're just a bad baseball team. And 17 and a half games back. In the so NFL you mentioned session. the Vikings. Yes, let's get to the Vikings. Okay. By the way, 1-1, one, one, uh, Dodgers and Rockies, top of the eighth. So yesterday, we, me and Scott, we broke down the Vikings. We did summer conditioning on the Vikings. We had Paul Allen on. Mm-hmm. Paul Allen, very bullish. And he said, you know, down the stretch, he said, Kirk Cousins was not good. He was great. He said he was really, really impressive. But there were just moments last year where the defense let him down. You know, there was a missed kick, whatever it may be. 33 over 7 last year. Now you bring in Kevin O'Connell. Um, uh, the, f- the floor is kind of yours on the Vikings. I, as Eric said, he makes it 9. Um, he leans, you know, he, he basically said no bet. Um, 
I think this is a playoff football team. I think that would be the bet we talked about last night. I would bet the Vikings to make the playoffs. I think it's around minus 115 or so. I think there's a chance they win the division. They've got a lot of talent. Irv Smith Jr. is back at tight end in addition to those wide receivers that you talked about, Sean. They they made a made it a point to emphasize the defense early on, the secondary, with Lewis Seen from Georgia, with Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, who has some injury concerns, but was thought by some to be a first-round talent, but because of the injuries, dropped into the second round. Looking at the Vikings, win total nine, what is your thoughts on what we're going to see from Minnesota? New head coach, new offense coordinator, new coaching staff there uh, in Minnesota. Well, you said Paul Allen mm-hmm. said Kirk Cousins was on fire down the stretch. Yeah. Was he talking about the Pro Bowl where he went 6-10? and Because on December 10th, they played Pittsburgh. Cousins was 14-31, 45%. 216 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. They had a bye week. In December 21st, they played the Bears. He was 12-24, 50% for 87 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Got sacked four times. Last two games of the season, he got sacked six times. He so was talking it, about so what he was alluding to is down the stretch in games that were coming down the stretch. Yeah, I'm looking he, at these games. No, but he's saying yeah. in close games, end of games, he was elite closing. Well, out there's games. no way you're elite when you go twelve or twenty four for eighty seven yards. They won the game. All right. Just saying. Just, I, I I'm a guy that like listens You're to li- words. So when somebody but, 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 so so when somebody well, says when somebody wait, wait, uses wait, 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 an adjective to describe oh, a quarterback as elite. Stop, stop. So I you're, I just want to go look it up. You're looking at a box score right now, and the voice of the Vikings who watches all these games, and I misspoke, I misquoted him. He was saying that in these games that came down to the stretch in Carolina against Detroit, these games that came down to the wire, he stepped up and played exceptionally well, and he feels like with Kevin O'Connell in there that Kirk Cousins will continue to play at a very high level. So that was his thought process. I know you're not a Kirk believer. You think Carson Wentz, for some reason, is better than him. What do you think of the Vikings? What, what Would you make a bet on a future on the Vikings in, in any regard, whether it be win the division, over their win total, uh, you know, make the playoffs, under what would there be something that would intrigue you with the Vikings? Uh... Again, so much of this revolves around health on defense. So it's hard for me to accurately predict or to have a strong opinion one way or another. To anybody that's deciding what are you going to do with the Vikings win total, I'm going to pass on it. Okay, and that's fair. Because they can't, don't you can't have – bet every, every team. Right. They, they were decimated last year on defense by injuries. Mm-hmm. They're not deep enough to withstand that. If they can stay healthy, Kendricks and the bunch are good enough. They're starting 11 to be in a slightly above-average defense, and then they're talented enough on offense, you know, they'll win a lot of games. And you bring in Zadarius. Then I don't know anything about Kevin O'Connell as a head coach. I know nothing no about No one knows. Him. Right. I don't know. Like, he was attached to Sean McVay. Sean McVay's a genius at motivating men and getting veteran players to buy in, to sacrifice, to think about team as opposed to individual does he have that same kind of leadership 
Is he able to galvanize that organization and take them from a stoic, old-school, defensive-minded guy in Zimmer to the new-age NFL? That's exciting. It's fun. Is he, does he have that kind of innovative quality? I don't know. So I will pass on the Vikings' win total yeah. because I don't have enough information, so I'd be guessing. I, you can't bet every team, right? and that's, that's a completely fair way to look at it. I would rather bet... I think I would rather bet them to make the playoffs, but actually I'm intrigued by the way that Eric looked at it. If you're going to bet this team to win the division, if you think they can put it all together, then maybe you do look at Kevin O'Connell, the win coach of the year, at 20-1. to I want to run through this list real quickly. So can I ask you one question before you run? Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of match up your strong opinions. Because you can't bet Kevin O'Connell to win Coach of the Year if you're a person that thinks the Eagles, this is their year. Because Nick Sirianni is more than likely. Because, and you say what you want, nationally from a, a media standpoint, the NFC East you know, gets more coverage than the NFC North outside of Green Bay. So if both things happen, the Eagles live up to expectations and the Vikings and Nick Sirianni probably gets I don't think so. Coach of the Year. I do. Eagles made the playoffs last year. I, I know, but they'll think that Sirianni did more with less. Eagles made the playoffs last year. Vikings were under 500. And I, I disagree with what you – I think the, the, the thoughts right now – look at the odds right now, and I'm not basing it. Who has a better chance to win the division based off of Vegas odds? It's the Eagles. They're a playoff team last year. Nick Sirianni's entering his second year. Kevin O'Connell's entering year one as a head coach – a team that had to fire Mike Zimmer. So I think if now how is, if both of them win the division, now look. How is NFL Coach of the Year decided? Who, who votes on it? Media. How much of the national media do you think, when they decide to cast their ballot, will go back and look at the pre-flop division odds between Philly and Minnesota? So what I'm saying is you're look. making a very valid point, but my thing is well, I'll, I'll use this awards a- that are select, elected like this, I, I don't know that those guys I'll use this would a, know. I'll use this as a comparison. Those people, guys, girls, both. 2020, Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year. What did he do? He took over a Browns team that had a lot of talent but had a dope of a head coach in Freddie Kitchens. I think it's there's there's some comparisons to be made there from Stefanski in 2020, smart offensive mind, comes in and – just helps push the right buttons for the Browns to get over the top and make the playoffs. And I think you could argue a similar thing. The Eagles made the playoffs last year. The Vikings did not. I think if it's if it comes down to it, now look, there's always a caveat. If if the Eagles go 14 and three, it's not gonna happen. Then Nick Sirianni's gonna win Coach of right. the Year. But I wouldn't they, talk somebody out of Kevin O'Connell. But if coach they're the both, year. I just if they think, like the Vikings, if they're both 11 and five or six and win their division, I, I think my guess would be that. The media would lean towards Kevin O'Connell, but I think you look. You're looking for long shots preseason. Basically, Coach of the Year, everything's a long shot, right? I mean, look at these odds. Everybody's twenty to one, and it's a roller coaster ride through the whole entire year. But I think Kevin O'Connell is an interesting one. Brandon Staley's your favorite at fourteen to one. Sean's favorite coach. He has no shot. <laughs> this, it doesn't. I want to hit on this. What on, do you think of uh, Denver? On, on what do you the, think of Hackett? Russell Wilson. 
So if Denver wins that division, it's considered the toughest division in football this year with the turmoil going on in Seattle and Arizona. Do you think they'll win their division? Yeah, Russell gives you a shot. Russell gives you a shot. Russell also hurts your chances. That's the problem. I don't think think Den. I would rather bet Denver to win the division than Hackett to win Coach of the Year. We'll wrap things up next year on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC. If you want that full VEASAN experience, which features daily best bets, email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now. Beeson.com slash summer. Wrapping things up here on the nightcap. Good to have Sean King back in after a little uh, a little vacation, a little R&R for Mr. King. Um, we got some baseball to take a look at tomorrow. Uh, but real quickly, I want to run through this and just first blush, almost want to rank them. So Warren Sharp put this tweet out uh, about a, uh, yesterday. Which team improves most purely on coaching change? Chicago, Nagy to Ibrafus. Downgrade. Denver, Fangio to Hackett. Unknown. Houston, Cully to Lovey. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Significant upgrade. Las Vegas, Gruden to McDaniels. Miami, Flores to McDaniel. Minnesota, Zimmer to O'Connell. New Orleans, Peyton to Allen. Giants, Judge to Dable. Tampa Bay, Arians to Bowles. I think we're in agreement. I think number one is Well, the only no-brainer is Jayville. Then I think second on that list would be Bucks. Really? Yeah. Explain that one. That surprises me. I would say second would be well, a lot of people, Giants because I think Joe Judge was a dope. Yeah, but this is Dable's first time being a head coach, right? Yeah. So, but- so my thing with a first-time head coach – it's incomplete. It's not uh, addition or subtraction. It's a we will find out. 
Because a guy that doesn't have any. But I think Joe Judge, in my opinion, was that bad. That I mean, and but that don't mean that could be right. That right. Fable could be bad, right? We don't like, know. and I'm not saying it's gonna be bad. He might be great. I'm just saying if it's a first time head coach at the NFL level, then to me that's an I mean, incomplete. Peterson's we just a won't Super Bowl know. winning head right. coach, and Urban like, that's Meyer a significant a upgrade. Utter moron. A lot so. of people thought Ty Bowles shouldn't have gotten fired. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree with the Jets. So I totally agree. I give him, you know, whereas Lovey's kind of even though Lovey took a team to a Super Bowl, people kind of think that ship has sailed. In a lot of ways, who was the other guy on there that had been a head coach? Josh McDaniels, kind of the jury's still out on him coming back. Yeah, and it's not like he had a ton of success in Denver. He's been out of the right. game for a while. And now, he was he was very selective. Didn't he take the Colts job and then, you know, kind of took yeah. it and decided not to take it? And the reason I think it's an incomplete on Josh this single round, it's not like the Patriots offense was lighting the NFL up last year or the year before when he was the OC. Now, granted, they didn't have Brady at quarterback, but it had been different. Kevin O'Connell probably had more buzz based on how the Rams played on offense. Sure. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. though it's McVay calling the plays, you know. So the guys that I didn't say were an upgrade, I'm not saying they're a downgrade. I'm saying most of those other situations are incompletes. Yeah, and the question, the way Warren Sharp phrased it was, which team improves most purely, purely on the coaching channel? by far. And I think that is, yeah, yeah that's a no-brainer. Number two is interesting. I'm surprised you went Todd Bowles, but – I but the way you phrase it makes sense that Bulls has that coaching experience. Mm-hmm. But Arians is a – you, you would know more than me. And Arians is known as a, a guy that allows his coaches to actually right, coach. more hands-off. Right. Okay. And Bowles was successful overall. You, sure. look, you look at the Jets' last 30 years, Bowles probably got the – you know, if not the first, the second best run. Yeah. Yeah, Rex Ryan had those back-to-back, right. you know, uh, fluky championship game appearances. But, yeah. Just, uh, I thought that was an interesting uh, question phrase there. I think the uh, the answer number one was obvious. I think the what second was your was, second one? Um, it was. I hear what you're saying with with Arians and Bowles. I would say Dable over Judge, even though I know that Dable obviously hasn't been a head coach. I just think Joe Judge was that bad. And I agree. And the only thing I'm hesitant with Dable is, and I think he that, had Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen will make a lot of coordinators look very, really good. Very true. But you got to remember, Josh Allen pre-Dable, inconsistent. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Dable percentage. don't deserve some credit. I'm yeah. just saying, is Ken Dorsey the OC now in Buffalo or just the quarterback coach? I think he's the OC. Okay, so we'll see. Yeah. If Buffalo doesn't miss a beat next year, then it's it's Josh. And I'm high on Kevin O'Connell. Once again, first-year head coach. I just think Mike Zimmer was a dinosaur. By the way, does Matt Nagy going back to uh, Kansas City? Get him another head coaching opportunity? Maybe. <laughs> now that he has Mahomes and Kelsey, will he go back to being a genius? All right, let's uh, let's go to baseball. Because <laughs> my guy, Z Powell, didn't think he was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Powell did not. Uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> it was interesting, too. It's amazing what happened an elite quarterback does for, for your status, right? You know what's funny is uh, – Newey Scruggs. Not to cut you off, Joe Brady went from being like the up-and-coming best head coaching prospect Fired. in the last decade with Joe Burrow. He's in Buffalo now, isn't he? Yeah, Brady? he's a quarterback coach. Yeah. and uh, He'll be a head coach. To going to the, uh, Carolina with Sam Darnold yeah. <laughs> being out of the league as a coordinator. It was funny, uh, Eric Eager, who we just have on, he's a, he's a big believer in Kellen Moore, while Newey Scruggs, uh, the opposite yeah. of that. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, it's a big year for we'll Kellen. See. Tell the people about uh, your play that you you sprinted. so uh, you if you want to get on it speed. if you want to get on it I get on it right now because uh, 
The number's going up. I got it at minus 102. It's already to minus 110 on stations, which is an eight-cent move, and that's Braves' run line tomorrow. Against St. Louis. Against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are struggling right now. I think it's a huge pitching matchup for Atlanta, so I want to jump on it tonight. That's one thing I've learned with baseball. I'm almost going to go – and, again, it's very difficult this time of year because what you're seeing in baseball, a lot of lineup changes. You know, There's even been some starting pitching changes – so I definitely say list the pitchers, but if you can get a strong opinion on a game the night before in baseball, you're going to get the best line. A lot of movement in baseball lately. Um, Day of, closer to game time. There's no doubt that Scott Seidenberg is going to talk about this uh, this <laughs> this game coming up, and it's it's not like the Phillies have this massive advantage. <laughs> offensively. Good boy pitching, man. Uh, Bailey Falter is on the hill for uh, for the Phillies. He's not not great, but it's the return of Ioana Doan, who has been putrid, to say the least. 6.97 ERA just gets lit up all the time. He's got almost as many walks as strikeouts. He, uh, 50 to 36. It's, it's not been great. It's not been great there for Ioana Doan. So I am now giving him... Uh, because remember, last time I did this, I bet against Patrick, Patrick Corbin. Corbin yeah. He threw like seven scoreless, yeah. of course. So uh, This total's at 10, though, so they're saying it's going to be a high-scoring oh, game. Yeah, and and the Phillies just lost today. They struck out like 11 times. But they the game before that, I think when they scored 11 against no, the Nats. They went 11 nothing. Kyle yeah. Schwarber, did he get two more home runs today, by the way? I know at least one. He's absolutely ridiculous, uh, and it's now July. June is his month. I just want to see him in the home run derby. Uh, but, yes, uh, looking at, I don't know if we have a first five yet. We usually don't get those overnight. Uh, we don't. That would be the way I would go. Phillies first five because uh, <laughs> you want Don is probably going to get absolutely lit up here. But you never know. So, I want to bet the Royals so bad. The Royals, yeah. Why? Because our guy David Tooley, he has like that theory. It's his double anti the, Roy- the Royals beat the Astros, but today, they would have four. Justin Verlander on the mound. Going against uh, who's Chris Bubik, who has a higher ERA than your guy uh, Adon. Yeah, Justin Verlander's a, a minus three fifty favorite. I might take the Royals. I might. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Generally, when teams go on those long winning streaks and they lose, they win the next. They lose the next game as well. Because the kind of the pressure's off to really be locked in. And I can see those guys like, we don't got to worry about tomorrow. Verlander's on the mound. But the Royals have been hitting the baseball good lately. I may, I may dabble a little bit on Royals' first five. You know who's on the hill tomorrow? And then what? Oh, no, finish your No, go ahead. And Did then take Royals for the game, too. Oh, my guy Cease is on the Dylan mound. Dylan Cease Day. Uh, he and is on the hill tomorrow. They make it so hard to get good pitching. But... Uh, guy's got 125. Only four Ks. strikeouts in his last uh, in his last outing. So, do we? Do well, I we know the Guardians t- made the Tigers look like they were a competent team at the plate. They will strike out a lot tomorrow. All right. Do we go back to the well, the Cody Decker well of Dylan? Cease? I'm always for betting Dylan Cease. That's my guy. All I'm right. always for betting. Him. We got Dylan Cease tomorrow. We got Joanna Doan uh, and his seven ERA. On the road at the Phillies. Big Kings best bet of the day. Take the Braves run line tomorrow. There you go. Look at that. You with a baseball bet the night of, you can't walk in and say, oh, I've got this, this, and this. That's right, man. Jump on it. On the Braves run line. Uh, we'll see. I, 
I'll probably bet the Phillies' first five out of out of principle with Ioana Doan <laughs> on the hill. Uh, Scott Seidenberg is coming up next with the look ahead. Thank you to Will Palashik from WFNZ down in Charlotte talking some Baker Mayfield. Kevin Powell breaking down the Bears and our guy Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. For Sean King, I'm Tim Murray. We will talk to you tomorrow right here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare